Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hey! want to welcome everybody joining us today at all of our different campus locations. Good to be with you today and everybody joining us online. So good to have you. Would you help me celebrate our Vero Beach Christ Fellowship's number one birthday? Happy birthday! Turning one year old today and God's got so much more in store for you, Vero Beach. We love you so much. God bless. Hey, we are right in the middle of a series that we're calling The Extreme Life. And I want you to know something. God wants you to live an extreme life. That word, by definition, extreme, is reaching the highest degree. Very great, not usual. Look at that last word, exceptional. That's the kind of life God wants you to live. He doesn't want you living an ordinary, average, holding on for dear life kind of life. He wants you living an above, normal, extraordinary, more than you could ever think, hope, or imagine kind of life through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in this series, we have one key verse that we're going back to every week. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And this is what the Apostle Paul is actually praying for us. And it's actually our prayer for us as we walk through this together. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he's given to you. Because you've been called. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ up from the dead. So what Paul is praying and what I'm praying is that we would have a a greater understanding of the mighty power of the Holy Spirit that is available to each and every one of us. And if we understand it, why would we ever go back to living the life the way we used to live our life? Now, the only way that we can experience this extreme life is through an extreme relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that actually gives Life. He breathes life. There's a verse in John chapter 6, verse 63 that says this. I want you to say it with me out loud. It is the Spirit alone who gives life. Say it again. It is the Spirit alone who gives life. See, without the Holy Spirit, you won't experience this life that we're talking about. You know, last week we talked how lots of Christians have a lot of confusion surrounding the Holy Spirit. Maybe because you grew up in a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit, or perhaps um, you saw something on TV, or you went to a church service once, and you were like, that's weird. And so you like, I'm staying away from that. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is not to be avoided. You need him in your life. A couple of foundational truths as we get started today. The first is this, that he is God. The Holy Spirit is fully God, God Father, God Son, God Holy Spirit, three in one, the Trinity. That's not a pecking order. He's not like third on the list. He is fully God. In fact, we saw last week that he's the first of the Trinity that's even mentioned in the Bible in Genesis chapter one, right there for us. He is not an it, he is God. He's not a force, may the force be with you. He's God. He's not feelings. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I got goosebumps. No, he is, he is God, fully God. Now, part of the problem might be his name, the Holy Spirit, right? The, you put the in front of anything, it's kind of hard. How do I, see, until we begin to understand that he is a person, it's going to be hard for you to have a personal relationship with him. 
You've got to understand that, that, that he is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I guess we could change his name. If his name was something like, you know, Bob or Bill. Right? We all know a Bill. That would work. Father, son, Bill. Oh, yeah, Bill. I know Bill. Yeah, he's got brown hair. Yeah, good guy, right? We could, and then the Episcopalians could call him William. It would work. It would be, it'd be great. But his name's not Bill. His name is God. He is God. Second foundational truth is that he is the promise of God. Jesus in the gospel of Luke says this in Luke 24, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes on you and you are filled with power from heaven. So Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit. He's actually reminding them that the father had promised the Holy Spirit. 800 years before Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. God promised the Holy Spirit uh, through the prophet Joel. In Joel 2, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. So the promise of the Holy Spirit here in, in this book of Joel in the Old Testament was very significant. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only descended onto a prophet or a priest or a king for a moment, for an assignment, but then would, would not stay there. And so this, this promise was that there's a day coming when God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, not just prophets and priests and kings and special people, but sons and daughters and all people so that we can have, and he will stay with us forever. It's a powerful promise. And then Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he also spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 16, right as he's getting ready to leave, he says this, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now imagine the disciples hearing these words because the, the followers of Jesus, they had left everything to go follow Jesus, they had left their family and their occupation to go follow Jesus. And he says, I'm leaving and it's actually good for you that I'm going. What? How does that even make sense? But think about it. When Jesus was on the earth, he was fully God and fully man, which meant that as fully man, he was actually limited by his human body. He could only be in one place at one time. So if he were still here today, somewhere in the land of Israel, and you wanted to talk to him, you'd actually have to get a plane and try to get to Israel, which is pretty hard during a pandemic, and then wait in line of all the other people from around the world that wanted to get to Jesus. And then maybe after all of that time, you might be able to get to spend a minute or two with him before it's time for you to get back on the plane and leave again. That's why Jesus would say, it is actually best for you that I go. Because if I go, then, then the Holy Spirit can come. He was actually saying, God in you is better than God with you. God in you, spirit, is actually much better than God with you, Emmanuel. Because now he is with you. The Holy Spirit is your constant companion. He never leaves you. He's with you everywhere you go. You don't have to ever be without him. You go this way, he's there. You go this way, he's there. And he's actually closer than you think. And he's got everything that you need for the adventure that he's taking you on. You do understand that life is an adventure, right? You know that, right? I mean, there's something missing here. 
see. I think we need to. Hey, how's that? Life is an adventure. And some days you are on the mountaintop looking out at some views going, wow, it don't get any better than this. But many days you are just trudging through step after step, trying to figure it out, trying to make your way. Some days you're facing a fork in the road and you're trying to determine how do I go? I need direction, I need some wisdom. Can I tell you, that's exactly where the Holy Spirit steps in. He wants to, there's so much in this word that talks about who he wants to be in your life, how he wants to give you uh, counsel and direction and wisdom. You've got everything you need when you have the Holy Spirit. Everything that you need is found in him. The Holy Spirit actually wants to light you up. He will light up your pathway. He will show you which way you're supposed to go. Look at this verse. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I got another match in case I need to light something else up there. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelation of God's spirit. For they make no, it makes no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered, look at this, by the illumination of the spirit. That tells me there are some things in life that you and I will never understand and never quite see apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll wander through life trying to figure life out and you'll be lost and, and walking in the dark and trying to figure out what to do next. But when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life and lights things up, all of a sudden you can see where you're supposed to go. In fact, the only way that some people, that any person finds their way to God is because the Holy Spirit lights the way for them to find their way to God. For us to see our need, that without God, we are, we're empty on the inside because we've been created for this relationship with him. And so the Holy Spirit will shine his light and help us to see that the, the empty things that we're trying to rely on aren't satisfying. And maybe you're there today and he's kind of talking to you right now about that. Holy Spirit will shine his light. And then after we come to Christ, he'll shine his light while you're reading the word. You'll be reading the Bible and all of a sudden this thing starts to light up and the scripture jumps off and, and God's speaking to you through his spirit. You, you, you'll, you'll be sitting in the middle of a sermon and the Holy Spirit will shine his light right on you. And you're like, whoa, Todd, it sounds like you're talking to me. Well, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, pointing something out, showing you what's missing in your life. Or you'll be in prayer. And the light turns inward. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to talk about that, Todd. That attitude, it isn't like me, that action, that response, that broken place that you've been pushing aside and in there is some unforgiveness and bitterness that I want to deal with. Can I just tell you that anytime the Holy Spirit pulls out the light, don't try to redirect it. Don't try to divert it onto somebody else. Well, Lord, what about them? What about them? Especially them, right? Or we try to turn it off because it's uncomfortable. Let his, let his light, let the Spirit's light shine to help you find your way and what he wants to show you in life, all right? Holy Spirit also is like this map. He helps you know which way to go. 
There's a verse of scripture in John 16, 13 that says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will tell you of things that are to come. He's gonna be this map for you to help guide you into truth. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been lost before? Have you ever been lost in a foreign country where you didn't know the language before? Yes, talk to Julie. I've gotten her in that situation several times. First time we went backpacking across Europe. Some of you have heard this story. We were like 23 years old and, and we were, didn't know anything and didn't have any money and we're wandering through Rome. And um, so we couldn't afford a guide. So I'm just kind of making things up as we go. I'm like, that's the Colosseum. Some bad things happened. Okay, Apostle Paul was somewhere around here. Let's go looking, see if he's around, right? I, was, I didn't get much out of the trip. But on our 25th wedding anniversary, I actually took her back to Rome and I hired a private guide to show up at our hotel and pick us up and he was from Rome. And so he knew all the back streets, he knew where all the places were, he knew all the history of everything. He knew where the best pasta place was and the best gelato place was. I mean, we had the best day, learned so much because we had a guide. See, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you every day through life so that you get the most out of life. So you're not wandering around trying to make something up and make things look good on the outside without no one having a clue about where you're going. He wants to guide your life. When you get lost, he wants to help get you moving in the right direction. He wants to open up the map and point you in the way that you're supposed to go. When you have a problem or decision and you need wisdom, he, he, wants, to, he wants to reveal truth to you. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, it says he will guide you into all truth. That means he's going to tell you what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is right, which is really important in our culture today because we have a world that says there is no absolute truth, which is absolutely ridiculous. Every time I hear somebody say there's no absolute truth, I just want to say, are you absolutely sure? Because that's an absolute statement you're saying right there that there are no absolute truths. Man, if you follow the way of the world, you're gonna end up in a path that you, down some road you never planned to go with your life and think, how did I get here? Man, let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. He'll show you what's right, but he's also gonna show you what's wrong. In fact, in my life, he points out those places in my life where I'm wrong, where my thinking's wrong, where my attitude's wrong, where my action is, is wrong. He will actually tell you places on the map that you need to avoid. Situations that I don't want you going in there. Relationships that you don't need to, to get connected with because that's not gonna take you to the place that I have for you. It's gonna lead you down the wrong path. And, and sometimes when he tells you, it's nothing more than a whisper. A still, small voice that just says, child, that's not for you. It's not what I have for you. Other times, He's yelling, run, Forrest, run. Get out, man, don't go that way. Don't, don't get connected with that group of people. Let me guide your life. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit will use his word to speak to you. I've said it before, every time you open up the word and read the word and study the word, you are actually giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. When I'm trying to make a decision and I'm trying to get guidance on a situation, or maybe I'm just blindly wandering somewhere that I don't need to be, the Holy Spirit will bring back to my memory scriptures that I've read or scriptures that we've talked about or scriptures that have been put to song to guide me right in the middle of that moment. But why wouldn't he do that? He's the author of this word. The whole word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
So why wouldn't he want to use his word to speak to us? And by the way, Holy Spirit's never going to direct you in something that is in opposition to the word of God, right? His word and the word are always going to, to line up. His word will not contradict the word. You can't say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, I was praying, the Holy Spirit told me I can divorce my wife and go marry that pretty young thing over there. No, sir, he did not tell you that. Well, the Holy Spirit told us it's okay. You know, we're, we're in love and we're committed to each other. So we're just going to go ahead and sleep together now because God is love. And, and so God says it's okay. No, Holy Spirit will never tell you that. Your homeowners might tell you that, but the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you that. His truth is always going to line up with the truth. And this is the truth that will set you free. So let him speak to you and help you know which way to go. Holy Spirit is also similar to this compass. Now a compass is different than a map. They serve two different purposes. A map helps you know what road to take, what trail to take to get from point A to point B, but but a compass helps you know where you are in relationship to to true north, right? Helps you make the, the constant little adjustments you need to make along the way. Have you ever seen somebody using a compass? They're going, oh, okay, oh, 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 okay, right? See, God's spirit wants to help you make the the little course corrections along the way. A few degrees off, down the road, years down the road will take you places you never intended to go. So by his spirit, this compass is gonna be be guiding you and, and speaking to you and his spirit will be convicting you along the way. There's a passage of scripture We just read where Jesus said, it's better that I go away. That verse goes on to say in John 16, that unless I go, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. This is talking about the course corrections for our life. And by the way, conviction is a good thing. Conviction is a good word. Sometimes we think it's a bad word because we associate convicts or convicted to 20 years and those things seem negative and restricting and punitive. But the correction of the Holy Spirit is for our good. It's to help you be who you've been called to be, to help you go where God wants you to go. And without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we don't get those little minor adjustments along the way that make sure we're heading in the right way. Now, it's different than condemnation. The Holy Spirit will never condemn you. Condemnation comes from your enemy that makes you feel not worthy, not good enough. But the Holy Spirit, he doesn't condemn any. His correction is for our good. His correction is say, child, that's not what I have for you. That's not leading you down the pathway. It's time to, to change course right here. He might convict you by saying, there's an area of your life that you haven't surrendered to me yet. And I want to speak to you about that. I want you, I want you to surrender to me. I, I, he might tell you, don't do that. Don't say that. These little minor corrections that come in. And it all serves a greater purpose. See, one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit is to make us holy. That word holy sounds so holy, kind of unattainable. Come on, like maybe they could be holy back in the days of the Bible when there was no internet or nothing to do. But today, Todd, for crying out loud, it's hard to be holy. I think it's time to bring holiness back. It's actually what the work of the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And that word holy just means set apart for God. That's all it means. 
doesn't mean perfect. doesn't mean religious. It means sanctified and set apart for God. In Romans chapter one, the apostle Paul calls him the spirit of holiness. And as the spirit of holiness is doing his work inside of us, he's actually producing a spirit of holiness in, in us. I've had people ask me before, Todd, I just want to know the will of God. I just really want to know the will of God. Tell me, the, help me, help me know the will of God. Like, like what college should I go to? And I'm like, that's easy. Southeastern University at Christ Fellowship, of course, right? Or who should I marry? Or what career path should I take? And all of those things are important and you want the Holy Spirit to guide you in those things. But look what the Apostle Paul says is the will of God. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse three, once you say this with me out loud, say it loud. This is the will of God, your sanctification. You wanna know the will of God, the will of God, this is it, your sanctification. Now that word is a big word, it's a churchy word. Sounds like a heavy word, but it's really just simply the process of you becoming more like Jesus. It's the process for every believer that we go through while we were on this earth getting us ready for heaven. It's the process of the spirit taking out the old nature, the carnal nature, my old ways, and putting in me more of the nature of, of Jesus. And this work of sanctification, listen to me, is the work of the Holy Spirit. He does that work. But can I tell you, you have to work with the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit, but you have to work with the Holy Spirit in order to be sanctified. Here's what I mean by that. If we're talking about the Holy Spirit renewing us from the inside and renewing our minds and our thoughts and our attitudes, then what we're putting into our minds matters. It's gonna be hard for the Holy Spirit to renew me and renew my mind if we're just watching trash on TV. How can he renew your mind if you're looking at what you're looking at online? How, how, hey, TikTok is not gonna help renew your mind. You know, little whatever that, it's not gonna do it. Instagram does not renew your mind. The word of God renews your mind. Every time you open up this word and study the word, you're filling your mind with truth. The Holy Spirit is using that. Today, right now, in church, you got to church today. God is using this moment to renew you from the inside where the word of God is being declared over your life. Every, every time you get here in time for worship so that the worship can speak to you. Man, that is just the word of God helping you refocus your mind, yeah? When you get into groups in this season and you are gonna get into a group this season because you need the people around you to help you renew your mind and let God do, let the spirit of God do his work. You're doing your part to work with the Holy Spirit so the spirit of God can change you. So it's little, minor, adjustments, many little course corrections all along the way that the Spirit of God wants to do inside of us. What else is in here? I, if you're going a long journey, you definitely need some water. And on the journey of life, you better have the living water. Look at this verse. This was a bit of a revelation as I was studying this again this week. John chapter 7 Jesus says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given. You wonder why you're dried up? You need the Holy Spirit. You wonder why things in your marriage feel dry and your family feels dry and, and your, your spiritual walk feels dry? You need 
the Holy Spirit. You need rivers of living water. See, the Spirit quenches the, the deepest thirsts that we have, the deepest longings of the soul. They are satisfied by the rivers of living water. And, and think about it. It's not just for you to be satisfied. A river isn't just for the river. A river is to carry life to others. So when you are walking in the spirit and moving in the spirit and filled with the spirit, what's that's doing is it's bringing life to other people. Julie and I have um, some many, many friends that do this, but these two came to mind. Frank and Sherry Bouts. Every time we get with Frank and Sherry, they've got a scripture for us. They've got a word of encouragement for us. They're texting us through the week, sending us emails. Hey, Pastor Todd, here's a verse I was thinking for. We're praying for you today. I mean, every time I'm around them, rivers, I, I'm getting water just splashed all over me. Like, because the river of the Holy Spirit is flowing through them. And I know they've gone through some rough places over the last year or two. Some dry places, some desert places. But can I tell you, it didn't dry them up. In fact, the rivers kept flowing and the ground around them was super saturated because of the river of the Spirit of God flowing through their life. And anybody that got around them in their businesses, their children, their grandchildren, people in our church, they reaped the benefits of a Spirit-filled life. Rivers of living water. God has that for you. So if you're feeling a little dry today, man, run to the Spirit. Let Him, let him quench that thirst. One more. And this is probably um, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works in my life the most frequently. Um, I might be getting ready to say something and I'll hear... I'm getting ready to share my opinion about something going on in the world today. And the Holy Spirit just says, no, no, no. That's not, that's not important, Todd. You don't need to say that. <laughs> Get ready to say something to somebody. Have you ever had this where you want to say, oh, well, I just want to, I want to, I'm in. And the Holy Spirit says, it's, you don't, they don't need to hear that, Todd. They just need it. <laughs> Holy Spirit right here. Some of y'all need to go buy this when you leave. <laughs> Psalm 141. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips to keep me from speaking thoughtlessly. The Spirit of God will help you in this area to put a guard, one version says muzzle, over your mouth so that you're not speaking careless thoughts. Our words are powerful, so we want to use care as we use them. The Holy Spirit will guide you in that. And that affects relationships. That affects your business. That affects those people closest to you. Man, it affects so much because the Holy Spirit cares about all those things. I want to go back as we end this week to the same verse that we ended last week with. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And I want to pull out one new thought from this passage Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Say that last part with me out loud. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked last week about how Paul is using an analogy here that in the same way when a person is drunk, they are filled with a substance that overrides their normal abilities, the way they talk and walk and act and behave. He says in the same way, that's a picture 
of what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. That you are filled with a substance, the presence of a person, the Holy Spirit, in your life that it overrides, it supersedes your own preferences, your own opinions, your own actions, everything about you. So instead of living in your own power and strength, you're actually walking and moving in the strength of his power. Instead of living aimlessly and just wandering around, you're actually living guided by his presence in your life. Can I tell you that God wants his people, he wants you to be moving in the authority and the power of his presence filling you up. No matter what happens in your life, his presence is with you constantly because you're constantly being filled up with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right before Jesus was taken and crucified, that night as he gathered with his disciples in the upper room, he talked to them much about the Holy Spirit. And he says this in verse John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another, what's that word? Helper to be with you forever. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Greek word for um, that word helper is parakletos. The prefix para means alongside and kletos means called. So that word literally translates someone who is called to come and stand alongside another person. Now in the Bible, that word was ascribed to someone like an attorney that would come alongside, but not just any attorney, a very specific attorney, a parakletos. Uh, it was like a family attorney that was kept on a permanent retainer so that anytime, day or night, night or day, good or bad, whatever's happening, you could get through to this guy and they would be there for you. So what Jesus is saying is when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you have, you have access to the family attorney. You have access to the one that will be with you day or night, up or down, no matter what's happening. He's just a phone call away. You don't have to pay by the hour. You don't have to wait for him to call you back. He is ready to be there on your defense. Now, this is important. Some translations translated the word helper into the word comforter. King James Version might be, or maybe you've heard that growing up. And you may think, well, what does that mean? Like, is the Holy Spirit a blanket? Like, isn't that going my bed? What, that puffy thing I can't sit on? What, what, it, what does it mean that he's a, a comfort? Is he just comforting me? Well, when Jesus said, I'm gonna send you a parakletos, he wasn't talking about someone to come alongside you and heal your wounds after a battle, to, to console you in the middle of a struggle. The Holy Spirit will do that. The Holy Spirit has done that in my life, but that's not what he's talking about here in this passage. In fact, it's important to understand the context around the text so that you can fully understand what the text means. Jesus was talking to his disciples, getting ready to tell them he's getting ready to leave them. And he's gonna send them out into a world that is actually hostile towards them. A world that is going to hate them. Does that sound familiar to anybody else? We're kind of in that right now. But he says, listen, you're not going out in your own strength. I'm gonna send a parakletos with you. Now the reason the King James translators first translated that as comforter is because of what that word comforter used to mean. It comes from the Latin word, comfortis. The prefix C-O-M means with, and fortis means strength. With strength. So it used to mean with strength, with power. So, so a more proper translation 
would have been, I will ask the Father and he will give you another with strength to be with you forever. Like you don't have to wonder if he's gonna be there or not. He's always gonna show up. He's always gonna be at your defense. You'll never be left at your own. You'll never have to rely on your own power or your own strength ever again because you are going to have the comforter, the parakletos with you, alongside of you, no matter what you may face. So don't try to go it alone. Don't try to face life on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the one that gives you life. Remember the verse we started off with in John 6, 63. Look at this again. It's the Spirit alone who gives life. So Todd, what do we do with all of this? What is our response Well, I would tell you, um, make sure you don't leave home without it. Put him on, let him have his way. Pray, come Holy Spirit, every day, throughout the day. Holy Spirit, we need you. I don't wanna leave you behind. I don't wanna try to do life without you. I need you. Give me wisdom, guide me, fill me with truth. Show me your way every day, dependent on the Holy Spirit. Every day praying and asking the Holy Spirit to fill you anew. Second thing I would say is be looking for the light. He is going to light up your pathway. He's going to illuminate your thinking. He's going to illuminate places in your life that that he wants to change. He's going to give you direction. So if you're not looking for the light, you'll miss it. But look for the light. And then I would say um, listen for the whisper. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through that still, small voice. And in order to hear the whisper, you've got to turn off the noise that's going on around you and and pull away and get alone and say, speak Holy Spirit. Listen for his direction. Listen for his instruction. Listen for his conviction. And if maybe you have um, been ignoring his voice, The Bible says that hardens our heart, makes us harder, it makes it harder to hear his voice the next time. And maybe you've been ignoring his voice for so long, you haven't heard his voice for so long. I'm gonna pray a prayer for you, just to lead you in a time of repentance, so that you open yourself up to the voice, the whisper, the direction, the presence of his spirit. Would you pray with me today? Father God, we thank you for your word that teaches us, shows us the path to take, that guides us, that even in this moment is helping us better understand who the Holy Spirit is and who he wants to be in our lives. And I pray for our entire church, God, no matter where each individual person is on their own journey with you and with the Spirit of God, that, Lord, they would grow in their relationship with you, that they would listen to the voice of the Spirit, that, God, we would do our part every day, have a greater awareness of your Spirit. Every day, be looking for the light that is shining, listening for your voice, the whisper. I pray, Lord, for those here today that have been ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit, grieving the Holy Spirit, If that's you and you know that you've just been kind of not listening, you haven't been following, you haven't been even paying attention to his voice, right where you are, just just whisper and say, I'm sorry. 
If you know specifically an area that he's pointed out to you during this message, just apologize for it. Just tell him, he already knows. Just say, I'm sorry for, and then tell him what you're sorry for. Take a moment to respond and allow the sensitivity of your spirit to hear the spirit. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, I don't know that I have a relationship with God where it needs to be. My friend, the only way that you'll ever experience this extreme life that God has for you is when that relationship is right. And the only way that relationship is right is through Jesus Christ. And so today, you need to get your life right with Jesus. You've been playing around for too long. The time is now, the day is short. Nay, today is the day that I believe God brought you here to hear this word so that your heart could get in tune and step with his spirit. But it starts with the relationship. And so I'm gonna pray this second prayer. And if you're here today and you would say, Todd, I need to get my life right with God. You're talking to me right now. Would you include me in this prayer? Right where you are, raise your hand. Right now, hold it up high. And we're gonna pray this prayer together and God's gonna do something new on the inside of you. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today I turn to follow you. Make me a new person from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, let's thank God for all those that made that decision today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.